0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Hello there, and welcome to an encore presentation of Databank Brawl. This is a show we started way back in 2016 and ran all the way through early 2020. The episodes are buried deep in our archives, so we are re-releasing them starting with episode one.
1: If you've never heard Databank Brawl, here's the deal. We pick two characters from the Star Wars Databank and then make up a deadly fight between them. Pain, shame, and comedy ensue.
2: Yes, we hope you enjoy the jokes we made on purpose and the random comments about the future of Star Wars, which are now hilariously outdated. So with no further ado, here is Databank Brawl Rewind. Thank you very much. As Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, hello there. And welcome to our first live edition of our Star Wars podcast, Databank Brawl, here on the Force Center podcast. This is a podcast where we learn about Star Wars characters, discuss them, and then make them fight for our amusement.
1: I am one of your hosts. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw, and with me is your other host... I'm Ken Navsock here at the Force Center Podcast feed. We bring, bring you a lot of great shows, and this is my favorite show on our own network here, Databank Brawl, by Mr. Joseph Scrimshaw. Oh, thank you, Ken. Thank
2: yeah. you. Uh, so this is how it works, is we get information about Star Wars characters, usually kind of weird ones, sometimes obscure ones. We get the information directly from StarWars.com Databank on the website, so we know the information is fresh and accurate. We read the description as actually on the website. The funny thing about this is sometimes the actual descriptions provided by Lucasfilm and Disney are sort of mean and judgmental to the characters, so it's a lot of fun. We discuss our feelings about the characters, and then for fun, we just improvise a bizarre scenario in which they would fight and determine who is, of course, the victor. For this special live version, we're doing a little tournament, so we're going to have two rounds, and then the winner of each round will go head-to-head. Are you ready for round one?
1: I am ready. Let's do this.
2: All right. These uh, this matchup was suggested by Chris Lilly. Uh, his Twitter handle is at Chris nine. Sorry, other eight Chris Lillies, <laughs> but our favorite is Chris Lilly nine. Uh, he suggested this matchup, and our first contestant is Ponda Baba. Ponda Baba. By right. applause, do people know automatically who Ponda Baba is? Ah, the beautiful oh. sound
1: of silence. <laughs> Pondababa is known by perhaps another name. Another name that, especially if you grew up in the 80s, you probably knew him as Walrus Man. Correct? Yes, by applause, have you heard of Walrus Man? (laughs) By
2: applause or... One in the back, one in the back. (laughs) One in the back, one in the back. back. You guys are going to learn so much. Uh, Here's the actual description, and then if you still don't know who the hell we're talking about, we'll let you know. Pondababa, a burly aquilish thug... Ponda Baba smuggled Spice for Jab the Hutt alongside his friend Dr. Cornelius Evazan, a murderous former surgeon Ponda had rescued from a bounty hunter. Ponda was one of the alien barflies escaping the heat of Tatooine's twin sons when Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi visited the most icely cantina. Bored and looking for excitement, Ponda picked a fight with Luke, which Evazan quickly escalated. But the two bullies had picked the wrong target. Obi-Wan interceded, taking action when Ponda and Evazan refused to back down. The old Jedi's lightsaber left Evazan dead and Ponda missing an arm,
1: ending the quarrel rather decisively. Which one of the favorite things about that, it was Ponda's friend that started the fight, but Ponda lost the arm, right? That's yeah. the way it goes with Tatooine pups. Yeah, and clearly Obi-Wan was paying attention to that, because he could have killed them both,
2: he could have taken an arm off of both, but he's... Quickly, that judgment, you die and you, Walrus Man, lose an arm. And that is the first limb lost in Star Wars, right? Uh, well, 3PO's arm falls off no, when he falls down, true, but that is I the guess, first severed yes. by a lightsaber <laughs> in all of Star Wars, and also the bloodiest, so it's, it's very special on many levels, on many levels. What is your, Ken, what is your like, emotional reaction to the character Baba?
0: Uh,
1: well, I grew up with him as Walrus Man, so I still kind of refer to him as... Is that wrong to refer, them, refer to him as that? Is that?
2: Uh... No, I, I, I think okay. it's fine. I mean, I'm going to refer I, to him I, as Bondi Baba here.
1: But my emotional connection to him is... Uh, it, it's pretty strong because growing up as a Star Wars fan in the 80s, like, New Hope, I, uh, as, as we now call it, I, I saw after Return of the Jedi. So I, for me, it was like a prequel. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in, in terms of story, it is. But it was like, oh, that's how we got to Endor. Uh, so to, I do have a connection to that scene because it's it's pretty violent. And as a young kid growing up, like the image of that arm on the ground, it, it I, I didn't I didn't drink till I was twenty six. Yeah. I think specifically because what happened in that bar. And, and PondaBob Bob is very much part of that. He's, he's the first kind of foreign entity you see in your face. You're like, this guy's trying to communicate, start a fight with you. I was, I was kind of terrified. of the, I didn't even own the figure, I don't think.
2: Yeah. I owned the figure, and therefore I was not frightened of Walrus Man. Because no. I don't know if people uh, remember or have looked up this figure, but he is basically wearing a bright orange jumper, and then he has little flipper feet. So <laughs> he doesn't look particularly threatening. He had a vest too, right? Oh, Yeah. Yeah a molded plastic vest I believe uh, on yeah. his actual costume and then I saw the movie again like holy crap he's terrifying big grunty noises
1: he doesn't like
2: him <laughs> uh, cool so any, uh, any other information about Pondababa? any other feelings that uh, you want to put out there?
1: I- we go to our backup source here. Like I said, Joseph says we, we try to keep it all uh, from StarWars.com, but sometimes we go to Wikipedia. Wikipedia nowadays, of course, uh, with new canon, there's now things in Legends and everything, but we try to give a tale a tape uh, of, uh, of what he is. So he is, as uh, you said, 1.85 meters in height, uh, hair black. Do you remember him having any hair? Does any hair stand nope. out? Nope. I don't know if that will factor uh, Maybe it. the
2: hair's not on his head.
1: <laughs> no. No. Yeah, good point. Uh, I love, they always try to do a quote that connects to the character. We love trying to find yeah. out what that is. Uldugar <laughs> Is his quote, which translates into, he doesn't like you. So, all right. So there we go. We'll okay. So, he's a, he,
2: so what we know is he, is he is willing to start a fight for excitement, and the first thing he just wants to say to random strangers is, I don't like you. So I don't think it's he's going to do it. very well in this fight. The other contestant in this first fight is Bib Fortuna. Do people know Bib Fortuna? By applause. Yes. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Uh, this B- is Bib w-
1: has his fans.
2: Bib has a lot of fans. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's already beaten Pondababa in the popularity contest. So if this was like prom, Bib Fortuna would win automatically. Uh, here's what the databank says about him: Those attempting to do business with Job the Hut first needed to maneuver past his pasty-faced major domo, the Twi'lek Bib Fortuna. The darkly robed attendant often hovered near Jabba's ear, offering advice and in feeding in- information. Fortuna followed the rules of protocol in the Hut's court, such as they were, and spoke only in Huttese, though he understood other tongues. Fortuna's affiliation with Jabba stretched over decades. So uh, this is a little bit of a mean, a mean description, I think, calling him a pasty-faced major domo and making it sound like he really is just
1: whispering sweet nothings into Jabba's ear all day. Uh, What I what I love about Bib though is I kind of consider him like the best admin assistant in the galaxy, which we've (laughs) on other shows have debated who's the better admin assistant, Lobot or Bib Fortuna. I think Lobot wins that battle on Cloud City, but Bib Fortuna had he kind of ran Jabba's operations, and that's kind that's daunting task. So I think that's where his skills lie, and that's where I think he deserves a lot of respect for being being Jabba's right hand. Assistant.
2: Yeah, his whispering man. Yeah. Because you can't come in here. I'm going to whisper in a whispering here. ear. Now, so Jedi is your first experience. Did you like Bib Fortuna, or were you creeped out by him?
1: I thought he had a lot of power that, uh, you know, to me, he was a very powerful character. To find out he really wasn't that much, and he was a weak-minded fool. It was, again, that's the first experience I had with Star Wars was Return of the Jedi in the theater, 1983. Seated. So it's like I was in that strange world, and here's this strange guy with these long, you know, I didn't know the, the Liku. I didn't know that term yet. <laughs> And, and so, you know, it was kind of like, uh, I like the guy. I have, I have affinity for for TV. Yeah,
2: yeah. He, I liked him. I thought he was a fascinating character, but he creeped me out because he did that little, he sort of stroked R2-D2 and then did the, a the, the little display gesture. So he kind of seemed like a used car salesman who was maybe like too into his cars. <laughs> like he wanted to be alone with R2 and made me a little uncomfortable as a child and indeed as an adult. Uh, any other additional information you want to share about uh, Bib? You got a quote for him?
1: Uh, the quote, uh, I mean, they don't have one here, so I can add her own. Wanga. I think, is <laughs> what everyone remembers Bib Fortuna saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. So let's let's find out which one of these guys is going to die.
2: And for a while, I didn't understand that uh, Diwanawanga was Hatis, and I thought he was saying, "Do you want to wanga?" And I was like, so "What is wanging?" I- <laughs> I can't I like decide with the information know. I have. Okay, know. so we understand enough about Ponda Baba and Bib Fortuna. Mm. So let let us make them fight. You
1: know, we always on, on Databank Brawl like to establish where they are fighting. Yeah. So We're not uh, savages. Yeah, we're not savages. I, I like to think this is going to happen uh, when Bib is going into Tatooine, Mos Eisley, Mos Espa maybe. Uh, we, it doesn't really matter. A moss. A moss. He's going to pick up supplies for Jabba. Now, this is an extended canon, but Bib Fortuna, uh, the original extended canon, Bib Fortuna used to go in. Like, that's how he got Ula, the slave girl. He, he kind of would go out and kind of recruit people, trick them, promise them a life and job his palace of, of, of grand uh, uh, you know fashion and, and high life living and then he'd like trick them and they'd be trapped so I think this is on one of those missions I think he's going in and Ponda Bob is just kind of thrown around maybe is, is, is Ponda armless at this point do we need a status yeah, think yeah so.
2: I think so I, th- I think that's more interesting so he has picked a fight for absolutely no reason with the least threatening person in the bar at the time Luke Skywalker and he is paid for it by having his friend immediately murdered in his own arm cut off right. so who's starting this fight uh, well, it, I, I, wanna, um, I think I think maybe still Ponda Baba, because he's I think angry. he hasn't learned a lesson. Right. I think he is not such a good smuggler that he can afford a replacement mechanical arm. So he's just hanging out with only one arm. Yeah. Looking at his flipper feet, getting angry at life, and ready to pick a fight with someone that he knows he can beat, even with one arm and flipper feet.
1: So it's bit fortuna's and I think Ponda Baba. I think he just starts. I think he jumps him. I think this fight... <laughs> there's just no conversation? There, no, there's no conversation. Biff Fortuna doesn't see this coming. I think Ponda jumps right. out at him.
2: So that's the lesson that Ponda Baba has learned, is don't tell them ahead of time that you don't like them.
1: Right. You don't have your friend there, and his friend's not there. No, yeah. he's, he's, he's skedaddled after there. That old wizard, he just saw the old wizard cut up his friend. Yeah. So I think Ponda Baba starts a fight, spear tackle, Biff Fortuna's on the ground, and then flailing, the fight has begun.
2: Okay. Uh, do you think that... Bib Fortuna has any moves in him? Like he is used to probably everybody leaving him alone because they know that he is a Jabba's pasty-faced major domo.
1: Right. Well, we've talked about this on databank brawl before, and I think it, it oddly enough factors into a lot of Star Wars character. Are you guys out there familiar with the term nerd rage? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bib There's Fortuna, knowing an nod. <laughs> Bib Fortuna has that. It's years of being picked on. It's years of being the outsider, and this this. Rush of violence comes up and takes him, and I think in Tunis he's got some nails, right? He's got some nails. He got those. He's got those uh, twilight teeth. Oh yeah, pointing. he's got really long nails. Yeah, he does. Uh, I mean, they're going to break off, but probably in Pondababa's eye. Right, that's how it's happened. He's just he's digging in. Yeah, he's going in, and and he's got those the, the walrus part of Pondababa's face to make him walrus man, <laughs> uh, which I love that Kenner just named all these figures, What some some marketing guy, was like, walrus guy. D- 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 yeah, yeah, it's
2: a fast, I mean, there's a lot of ins- prune yeah, face. Prune face, hammer, okay, hammerhead, hammerhead, which is, which is actually yeah. more of a,
1: of a race. Of Small aliens. hips,
2: <laughs> I think there was one called. Yeah, just any insulting physical description. Uh, yeah, so I
1: think that
2: they're, are they wrestling on the ground? Right? They're wrestling
1: on the ground. There's a lot of, there's a lot of spinning, a lot of turning, a lot of dust flying. Yeah, I
2: and I don't think anybody
1: else is going to intervene. I think uh, other people are probably pretty entertained by this. Oh, absolutely! Some Jawas have coming out. Some bets are being laid <laughs> laid down. Uh, uh, I think. Uh, I don't know. It, it, you know, does Watu ever come around? Because I think he might still be around. That's right. We we talk about prequel characters on this right, uh, yeah. Force Center. Yeah, I think. Uh, got I, his think I think. I think. You know, Watu, Watu's coming around the corner. He's taking bets already. It's 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 a spectacle in the center of the street. Okay, but it's not a pretty fight.
2: No, no. Uh, so it, is Ponda surviving at all? I mean, his his one arm is pretty pretty strong, so he's pummeling away mm-hmm. as. A bib is breaking off his beautifully
1: manicured nails in his eyes. So, yeah, Panda can't see. He's losing his vision. So uh, I think he, he res- re- resorts to some uh, desperate measures, and he takes off that vest, and he throws it in Bib's face.
2: <laughs> I like that that is the sort of Mortal Kombat-like finishing move in this fight is a vest throw. Vest him. Yeah. Okay, so he puts his vest on. He gets, uh, he gets it all tied around uh, Bib's tentacles, his leku, his head tentacles. Yeah. Uh, does Bib give up, or is the nerd rage still overpowering him to the point where he is just kicking and punching? Is he taking off his shoes and using his uh, sharp toenails?
1: He's flailing. He's flailing. Does he? Do you think he has sharp toenails? Yeah, it I think so. Would make sense. I think so. I've never thought about Bib Fortuna's toenails before until today. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he's flailing. He's going. The, the, I, I don't know if anyone's going to separate this. They're going to let this go to to the to the bitter end. Um, but I don't know. I I, Bib's scared. He's still scared. He wants help. There's no Gamorrean guards around to help him. There's none of the characters from uh, Hutt's palace there. So he, uh, Fortuna knows he's on his own. Yeah. Here's, here's, when I, here's how I think it ends up. I think Bib
2: wins. Uh, and yeah. I think it's an ugly victory because I think even though Pond is probably stronger and more experienced, uh, he's got those giant walrus eyes. And they're not only like windows to the soul, they are a vulnerability Physically and emotionally. I think once those claws go in there, I think Bib Fortuna keeps wailing on him, and the, the eyes have, you know... They're gone. They, they're, they're gone. Fatal he's got, victory? He's got brain damage, and I think it's one of those sad things where at first it's funny, but then Bib no. is scared yeah. and he continues pummeling, and then people are having to pull him off and saying, he's already dead! <laughs>
1: is like, it's over, it's over. <laughs> what do you think, you're some kind of a Jedi? <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. So do you, do, you, do you agree with Bib I
1: agree with that. Anyone else agree there that Ponda Baba could could, could defeat Bib Fortuna? No? No? No way?
2: No. Alright, good. All right, we're, doing, we're, we're, on, we're on the audience's side. Okay, we're going to go on to our second round in our tournament. Uh, these This combatant's uh, matchup was suggested by Mike Leamy, at Mike Leamy on Twitter. Uh, this first one, this is our least obscure character we've ever had, but I think one that people want to hear about in terms of violence. It is Jar Jar Binks. Oh, no. Here is what Star Wars.
1: We've never, th- we've never done this character yet. No, it's we haven't. This we is don't is what bring the- him up much.
2: No, we really don't. We yeah. don't. I mean, he's taken his, his abuse, uh, and now he's probably going to take more. Uh, <laughs> this is what StarWars.com Data has to say about Jar Jar Binks. A clumsy, well-meaning Gungan outcast on Naboo, Jar Binks struggled to prove his worth throughout his life. Oh. <laughs> all right, oh. right? This is written to get fan pity. Somebody who works for Lucasfilm is like, this poor bastard. We're going to try to turn it around for him with one sentence. Uh, the re- <laughs> it would be great if that was all the database entry was. Struggled to prove his worth throughout his life. But it continues. Putting his awkward past behind him... Jar Jar left the swamps of Naboo to enter the even murkier waters of Coruscant politics, becoming a representative for his people in the galactic capital. There, his best intentions and eagerness to serve were exploited by scheming senators and others in positions of power." So that's what they have to say. It's, it, this, is, this is not only a description of Jar Jar, this is an apology. <laughs>
1: It's like Ahmed Best wrote that or something for (laughs) StarWars.com. He is 1.96 meters tall. We know he's very tall. Skin color, orange and white, yellow eyes, as we know. Uh, And the quote, I don't like their quote. I think the quote we should uh, uh, attribute to Jar Jar is "Dello felicites," Because that began (laughs) the voting process that ruined the galaxy. Yeah, Yeah.
2: that he is single-handedly responsible for. Electing
1: Chancellor Palpatine, yeah.
2: Yeah, so that's the quote you want to go
1: with. Yeah. Delo Felagitz. Delo Felagitz. Not electing him, but putting putting him in (laughs) security powers. his powers.
2: What what is your emotional connection to Jar Jar Binks? Did you ever buy a Jar Jar Binks action figure? Did you hate him as much as the world did? I absolutely
1: did buy a Jar Jar Binks action (laughs) figure because I waited at Toys R Us for hours at midnight for their midnight sale in like February or March of 1999 uh, before Phantom Menace came out and changed everything for us all. So I bought a couple of them because I thought, oh, this is the guy. Yeah. Between him and that Darth Maul character, these are the two leading characters of this movie. It's going to be great. So I, I own Jar Jar Binks merchandise. Wow, did, did you? <laughs> wow, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. I, I have no further <laughs> follow up, Your Honor.
2: Uh, yeah, I did not buy a Jar Jar Binks action figure. Uh, he he made me nervous in the trailers, but I thought it would it would be okay. Yeah, and then you know. Yeah, th- this is a good apology for him. He makes some mistakes.
1: To defend myself, I also own a Chancellor Valorum, a Rick Lee, <laughs> a Captain Panaka, uh, a Naboo fighter pilot. I own them all.
2: Right. And after this, we're going to go get a Judge Irving's Funko Pop, right? <sighs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so let's move on to his combatant. Uh, his combatant, which I think this is going to be a very fair fight that Mike Gleamy suggested, is the Rancor. a nameless monster's entry is much longer than Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> This is what StarWars.com data bank has to say about him. Rancors are towering hulks of muscle and reptilian flesh that walk on two stubby legs and use their disproportionately long arms to capture prey. A salivating tooth-filled maw dominates their flat faces and their armored skin is so tough that they can shrug off blaster bolts as little more than annoyances. While not inherently vicious, Felucia's farmers coexisted relatively peaceably, peaceably, huh, with spined, brightly colored jungle rancors. These creatures were prized as trophies by crime lords and other wealthy, amoral individuals. Jabba the Hutt kept a rancor in a shadowy chamber beneath his Tatooine throne room. After Luke Skywalker killed the beast, an outraged Jabba ordered the public execution of the Jedi and
1: his friends. So that is the story of the rancor. Uh, I have a giant emotional attachment, or emotional reaction, (laughs) I should say, to the Rancor. Uh, The Rancor and Large Marge from Pee-wee's Big Adventure were the two most nightmare-inducing things (laughs) of my childhood. Um, The Rancor absolutely terrified me. Seven, eight years old, sitting in that theater. That gate opens. I I had to close my eyes. It was that type of thing. I did did not see uh, Luke kill the Rancor the first two viewings of Return of the Jedi. Terrified me. Terrified me. Yeah. My mother and father had to, like, dig up pictures of, like, Phil Tippett, like, with a model of the Rancor <laughs> to be like, no, that's the Rancor. He's like this, you know, one foot tall maquette yeah. that Phil Tippett's moving. And, I, you know, still resonated deep.
2: Yeah. I was uh, I was terrified of the Rancor. Uh, you know, it was very effective filmmaking that, it, that we got to see what was going to happen Luke, but to Luke by seeing the Rancor eat the Gamorrean guard. And I like Gamorrean guard. So I was like, oh, man, you, you yeah. ate my pig friend. Uh, But then I immediately felt pity for the rancor when we see the emotions of his keeper and realize everybody has friends.
1: Yeah, that was a pretty touchy moment, right? That was (laughs) one of the only... Pure emotional moments in Return of the Jedi that you could attach to as a kid is, is a crying fat man yeah.
2: and his pet. Do you have any additional Rancor information? Uh,
1: well, generally, Rancors are, are five meters tall. Again, we're not, we're, are we, obviously, the, the one from Jedi is not fighting here, This is just the general ones. Yeah, this is uh, a general one. Yeah, interesting enough, they're Rancor. designated a semi sentient being, so they're not semi. quite there. Okay. Yeah, they don't have full thought. But uh, yeah, tall, big, from Dathomir. Also president of Felucia. Oh, all right. We travel the galaxy a lot. Carnivores, of course. So let's fight. Do, do we have a quote? Uh, yeah, no quote given <laughs> other than uh, little Kenny running away scared <laughs> That's the only quote I have. Uh, I think,
2: yeah, I, I've become attached to quotes. So I think the quote needs to be,
1: roar.
2: <laughs> so it, that's our quotes. How'd that go? Delo little fella gets in,
1: roar. <laughs> Perfect.
2: A semi-sentient roar. Yeah. That sounds like the word roar for some reason. All right. Let us fight. Where do you think this fight is happening? Why is this fight happening? Uh,
1: I, I, think, uh, I think this is, again, we're on Tatooine. We're staying on Tatooine. How Jar Jar Binks ended up on Tatooine is like a sub- subplot for like a Clone Wars episode we never <laughs> saw. Uh, but he's there. I think, uh, I think this isn't uh, this, this is Jabba's Rancor, but it's another Rancor. Maybe Jabba was getting him shipped in. And we don't know how. We don't know when Jar Jar has stumbled into the Rancor cave.
2: Okay, so Jar Jar has come into a Rancor cave. Do you think maybe he's, like, trying to communicate to the Rancor and offer it a position in the Senate or something stupid like that?
1: <laughs> uh, y- sure, yeah, yeah. He's trying to get his vote. He's stumping for Palpatine. Dear Rancor, <laughs> you a bomb, bad monster. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see a Rancor
2: floating around in one of the little pods from the Senate.
1: <laughs> just... That's where representing. E.T.'s there. Why can't a Rancor be
2: there? <laughs> okay, so... Do you think Jar Jar realizes his error right away? Do you think that uh, is? Here's a good question. Uh, Jar Jar is kind of reptilian, much like a Rancor. Is the Rancor seeing him as meat, or is he seeing him more as is red meat or fish? Is a Rancor I, a pescatarian?
1: Yeah, I think this is. Yeah, this is uh, this is a nice sushi dinner for Rancor. <laughs> Absolutely, that's what he's. Like. Yeah, Jar Jar is scared. Absolutely, Jar Jar's not a dumb, cr- dumb, dumb creature. Jar Jar knows he's easily tricked. Yeah. But, He's, uh, he's made a lot of mistakes throughout his life. A lot of them. He's trying to work for it, so I think he's definitely scared. He definitely knows he stumbled into this bad, bad situation. Okay.
2: So what weapons are there around that Jar Jar could possibly use to keep himself alive? Because this isn't a like, fight who's going to win. This is how is Jar Jar not going to immediately
1: be eaten? Right. Uh, there's, there's Ula's bones. There's Gamorrean Guard's bones. There's a lot of bones and rocks. That's really all he's got. We've seen what Luke had with. Jar Jar's not going to have anything better.
2: Yeah. I think it comes down to the famous Jar Jar luck. Either you uh, ascribe to the theory that Jar Jar is actually a Sith Lord that has been <laughs> floated on the internet. Right, right, right. But I think I'm going to rule that out for myself personally. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't consider that uh, canon either. Because I feel like there, there's the Force, but I think there's another mystical energy field in the Star Wars galaxy, which is just dumb luck. Don oh, Solo think. has it, and Jar Jar Binks has it even more than Han Solo. First
1: time ever Jar Jar and Han Solo have been compared in a positive <laughs> manner. Uh,
2: so can Jar Jar tap into the power of the clumsy
1: Yeah, absolutely. to accidentally defeat the Rancor? It, it's kind of like an episode of the, maybe the Muppets where like uh, Kermit's running back and forth kind of flying on his arms or something. That's Jar Jar right now. His ears are flapping in the wind. He's just running around going, oh, no, 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 no. Just back and forth. A lot of it means Ranc- can't get anything Rancor right can't The Rancor can't keep up with him. The Rancor can't keep up with him. Okay. So, so he's, he's outrunning the Rancor. Yeah, not even in circles or not intentionally. Jar Jar's just running back and forth. He, but Jar Jar
2: doesn't have the sense to use this speed to run out of the cave, but instead is just zigzagging around the Rancor's legs. Right, right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Just going in and out, the Rancor's okay, here's on. this is this is an important adult question. Yeah. If Jar Jar is running, dashing in between the Rancor's legs, mm-hmm. uh, do the Rancor have genitalia that Jar Jar can accidentally headbutt?
1: <laughs> For our purposes, yes. I never, uh, I don't recall it in Star Wars Force Force Unleashed, where a lot of rancors were in the video game. I don't recall that being part of a, a strategy, but I think this is what can happen here. That at least stuns the rancor. Okay. Those, those, yeah, ears hit things. Okay, so ears buzz by yeah. the the rancor's private parts, but which that, are that that out that, that the really gets
2: a rancor mad. Yeah.
1: Now he's rearing back, his hands up like that. It's bad.
2: Okay, he's rearing he's back. Like, okay, so Jar is wildly throwing things. At this point, I think the rancor is probably trying to decide: is this Worth the meal,
1: yeah. But he's still, now he's angry. Like I said, he's angry. He still wants them. He just can't move fast enough. And Jar Jar at this point trips. Uh oh, he trips. Okay, on to what you're asking? N- well, he trips over like nothing. He doesn't need anything. Well, to he trip doesn't over. trip over something, but he hits something upon falling. <gasps> what is it? It is a Gramorian guard leg bone <laughs> that is balanced on a rock. That on the edge of the leg bone is another Grimorian Guard's skull. So Jar Jar trips and hits the bone on the rock. It acts as a catapult, <laughs> launching the skull all the way up to, as Luke found, the door's control panel.
2: Okay, so this Rancor has is bad of luck, as yes. Jar Jar has good
1: luck. Boom. Hits that door, door falls down, fight's over.
2: So you think another Rancor is killed by
1: as the, Force Awakens, door as the Force Awakens proved, Star Wars <laughs> is a big ring story. We've got the ring theory, right? Right. Our own friend Jennifer Landa talked about it on her show Jedi Beat. Uh, we got the Star Wars ring theory. This is just George Lucas poetry in motion. So this is repeating when the Rancor was previously
2: killed by a door. This is yep. repeating when Harrison Ford's leg was broken by a door. Yep, yep. it's all there. Doors are very dangerous. This so you,
1: fight ended fast.
2: You think the Rancor just is straight up killed... Absolutely. And I think Jar Jar continues to run, screaming for like a good 15 minutes, not realizing
1: he has one. And finds the open back door that was there all along and heads on out back to where he came from. is so
2: stupid. Misa can't catch a break. Even when Misa wins, Misa's so embarrassed.
1: And no one was there to witness it. Right. They just think... Yeah, no credit for Jar Jar. Nobody's writing songs about this and singing nope. them generations nope. from now. Nope, there's no Jedi journals that will have this. This also proves that dumb luck in the Star Wars galaxy just as good as the Force. All right,
2: speaking of luck, let's see if we still have the audience on our side. Uh, by applause, do you think we made the correct decision that Jar Jar defeats the Rancor?
1: Okay, excellent, excellent. I think this is a sign that the prequel acceptance is rising in society. <laughs> excellent, well then, in our tournament, we have our final matchup
2: between these titans. Who have battled their way this far, Bib Fortuna in Jar Jar Binks? Wow! Now this is what, yeah. Is this so? Both of the fights happened previously on Tatooine. So is this happening right after, like they both stumbled into their uh, out of their bloody yes.
1: victories, yes. already yeah. battered? Jar Jar is leaving Jabba's palace, which is where he was for the Rancar fight. So he's running. Nah, 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 nah. Then you have Bib Fortuna running back, trying to get back to his friends. And somewhere in the jungle and waste, they sort of meet cute. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) just run into each. This is a bad sitcom.
2: Okay, so even though they're running through the desert where there's nothing else to be seen, they they both have their eyes closed? Is that why they run into (laughs) each other?
1: Just bad panic, fear. Exactly, it's a car wreck.
2: They're just trying to block everything out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. On foot, too, not even on speeders. Okay. Uh, And how, how bloody and beaten up is Bib Fortuna at this point, do you think? Oh, he's clearly very beaten up. Very, I mean, Pandababa did get some shots in, obviously. He's down his nails, he's down his toenails, maybe. His robes are out tussled. He, he's not one of those Liku. maybe cut, bleeding. It's not a good thing.
2: Okay, and Jar Jar, I think, is really at an emotional low point, uh, realizing
1: that he has almost lost his life again to his own stupidity. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's starting to set in that he has, uh, his life has maybe led to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Jar Jar's depressed at this time. I, I think it's time we take a stand for Jar Jar and his self-esteem. This guy's take, Jar Jar's taken a beating for, for a long time now, in and out of the galaxy. Right. First in fandom, then in story, he's taken a beating too. Right, right. He's he, not even in Revenge of the Sith, other than a short, short shot at, at Padme's funeral. And even there, he's sad. Even there, he's sad. He doesn't get his due. <laughs> uh, so... Do you think that it
2: is Jar Jar's turn to have nerd rage where he is sick of being treated poorly and he is going to lash out at the first person he bumps into in the middle of a desert? Uh,
1: yeah, but Jar Jar, uh, it's, it's it's not, nerd rage is, is kind of how to describe it, but I think it's, this is a man at the end of his rope, a yeah. creature at the end of a his creature rope. A, a, a peaceful a creature. Kind of, yeah, yeah. A, a, what? No. a Gungan at the end of his rope. A Gungan at the end of his rope.
2: Yeah. And I think Jar Jar is essentially a peaceful being. Right. He means well, but I don't think that's going to help him in this uh, particular case. So I think he's going to get angry, and he's going to lash out at Bib Fortuna.
1: Yeah, when he starts hitting Bib Fortuna, which is what he's going to do, uh, he's yelling out names like Captain Tarple, uh, 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 he, Boss Nass. He's just, he's just yelling, he's yelling at Annie, <laughs> Annie everyone. So
2: he's listing everyone who has ever doubted or wronged him?
1: Oh, yeah, starting with Qui-Gon. A lot of, he's very angry at Qui-Gon.
2: Yeah, and he's yelling at whoever wrote his entry on StarWars.com, DataBank, yeah. just yeah. everyone he can think of. So if he is punching Bib Fortuna one time for every
1: person who has ever wronged or insulted him, he's punching Bib Fortuna a lot. Oh, yeah, Bib Fortuna is, is taking some shots. His teeth are bloody, falling out. This is, <laughs> this is a Star Wars PG-13 high. Like, this okay. is... This is, this is Getting bad. Is, is, are Jar Jar's uh, blows powerful, or is it like Bib
2: Fortuna is being uh, slapped with wet fish?
1: Well, Gungans are pretty strong. Jar Jar doesn't know his own strength. He's never really had to use it until today. Uh, he's always been in the back seat of a, of a unabunco, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> with the fish are coming around. though uh, no, he was in the pilot seat. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, um, he, he's really getting some shots, and he doesn't know what he's doing. He d- I don't even think he knows Bib Fortuna is there. Yeah. Uh, at what point do you think Bib Fortuna remembers that he has sharp teeth? It's at the point when the Tuscan Raiders who are watching on the ridge nearby are doing, because uh, 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 they're now placing bets too. Somehow Watto has shown up again, because Watto is always there when there's a fight for bets. And, and that's when Bib Fortuna kind of snaps too and kind of gets back into the fight. Okay. And how do you think, he,
2: how do you think he, he fights now? What has he learned? He's out of nails because he's embedded them all in Ponda Baba. Mm-hmm. So he can't use his nails anymore. He's got his teeth. He could probably, he always has his a leku wrapped. Right. Now, can he unwrap his leku
1: and basically sort of uh, head, tail, slap, Jar Jar? I don't know. I've never seen Hera do that. I've never seen her father do that in the Clone Wars. I've never seen a Twi'lek use that in a fight, but there's a first time for everything, and there's desperation here.
2: I want to believe this, because these are two characters who have long things hanging from their heads. So we could get a great, beautiful
1: slap fight going on. Absolutely.
2: So they're slapping each they're other slapping around. with their ears and their head tentacles. Yeah,
1: the Tuscan Raiders, who are usually a kind of a more primitive society, now they're even confused. They've stopped cheering. They're just watching.
2: Yeah, I think the Tuscan Raider actually, because you know, there's always one Tuscan Raider who has a big uh, like rifle blaster. Yeah. I think that one is considering just putting one or both of them out of their misery. <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely, <from> absolutely. <afar. laughs> just out of pity. I uh, like the pod race in episode one. I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, it's just a matter of who gets the shot.
2: Right. Okay. So now we're, we're they're, they're slap fighting. Tuscan Raider's going to end this. Just it was exciting for a while. Mm-hmm. Nobody's interested in taking bets from Otto. This is just two sad, desperate creatures who've been pushed too far, slapping each other in the middle of the desert. And uh, now luck's going to come into it again.
1: Luck is going to come with it.
2: Tuscan's going to take a shot from far
1: away. He takes a shot. He lines up. He's actually got both in the sights. Who should come just ripping along, doing some practicing, because he still wants revenge from the pod race? It's Ben Quadraneros. (laughs) He's got the power complex repaired on his pod racer. He's driving right by. Tuscan Raider takes a shot. Boom, like Randy Johnson hitting a pigeon in spring training in baseball by throwing a pitch. Boom, Ben Quadraneros gets the shot. Pod race explodes. It's a draw for Bib and Char Char Peaks. So you think it is a draw? You I don't think, think it's a draw. I think they both fall down. They realize what's happened. They don't want to speak to each other. They get up, and they go back on with their, 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 <laughs> their path through the galaxy.
2: <laughs> Kicking the sand, mumbling the names of those who have wronged them.
1: And the Tuscan Raiders are happy because they took out another pod. And Ben Quadraneros, not dead, just sitting there lightly floating to the ground like he did and his, when his pod exploded uh, at uh, the uh, Punta Eve race, just kind of sits there, and somewhere the announcer pops up and goes, it's Ben Quadraderos!
2: <laughs> so the, the real final winner of this fight, then, is just a shred of dignity.
1: As Star Wars fans, it's all we can hope for when it (laughs) involves Jar Jar Binks.
2: So the final picture of this epic tournament that we've had, uh, we've had Pondababa, Walrus Man, we've had Bib Fortuna, we've had Jar Jar Binks, we've had the Rancor, we've had upsets in every battle, and as it ends, basically Jar Jar and Bib are on two opposite sides of the planet, basically, thinking about their lives, tattered,
1: bloody, staring at the twin suns. Star Wars Force theme plays, <laughs> and so ends Episode 8. <laughs> so, not
2: only a databank brawl, but an actual prediction for the That's, content well, we're, of Episode we're tied 8. tied it all together. This a is what, sad slap fight. That would right. be the
1: actual subtitle of Episode 8. Right, and for once, we actually have got a Star Wars movie we all can enjoy. Episode 8 <laughs> Sad slap fight. A Gungan at the end of his rope.
2: Well, ladies and gentlemen, how, how did you feel? Do you feel Dignity should have won? <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. That, that was really nice, that, that, uh, that Dignity just won for once. For once in the Star Wars yeah. galaxy. And I can tell you, it's not going to happen again here on Data Bank Brawl. Absolutely not. It's the last time I'm going to let pity influence my decision. <laughs> and let Ben Guadineros come along and make things nice for people that will never happen again. Well, on my watch. Well, thank you guys so much for coming here to Data Bank Brawl. If you enjoy this podcast on the Four Center uh, feed and you want to make suggestions, you can tweet them at us with the hashtag Brawl. We will take suggestions for these uh, matchups or if there's just one particular character you really want to see fight, if you want to see a big comeback of Ben Quaternero's, tweet
1: this at us and uh, we, will, we will do that. Ken, uh, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Absolutely. Hey, if you uh, enjoy what we do here, we have something called the Force Center Podcast Feed, like we've been mentioning. We got a lot of shows Spotlight, Star Wars, uh, Force Center's the main show. Joseph and I both uh, uh, created, uh, co-created, and uh, hosted Jedi Alliance and the Popcorn Talk Network. You can see us on Jedi Council too on uh, Collider. Uh, follow us there uh, at Force Center Pod on Twitter and uh, join the conversation. We have a lot of fun getting in-depth. Uh, little, Fun discussions uh, about the Star Wars universe. I know there's a lot out there, but we have a lot of fun doing it. We have a little corner that we like to play in.
2: Yeah, yeah. We go
1: deep. <laughs> we go deep, <laughs> obviously. And you can find me on all the social media. is
2: at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can find all of my shows and my personal podcast, Obsessed, on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. Uh, and you can like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. is at Force Center Pod. And until next time, as Luke Skywalker once said, while no one was really listening to him, I care. That's it for another episode of Data Bank Brawl! Thank you guys so much. You are a really, really fun audience. That's the first time we've done this live. It's really, really fun uh, to do it for a live audience and get some feedback on our choices, some immediate feedback. Uh, If you enjoyed this, I am doing a stand-up show about uh, just geek stuff, Star Wars, Batman, Doctor Who, at 5 o'clock in room N114, right right next to us, I think. So if you're free at 5 o'clock, please come join me for some more comedy. Thank you guys very much.